What's up, guys? I know we've been in quarantine quite some time now, but do not lose hope. There are 330,000 people that have now recovered from COVID-19 worldwide, which is more than the death toll, and that's really exciting. Make sure to keep doing your part by social distancing as much as possible. And in Texas, I know that we're reopening some things, but still be cautious about where you go and who you're with. Enjoy your time of maybe picking up a new hobby or resting if you need that and just taking care of you. Make sure to tune in every week. We took a break with Easter happening this past week, but we are back for every week until the new season comes out. And we'll give you details on that in the coming weeks. And we'll see y'all back at the podcast. Bye. What's up, everyone? This is Amanda with Friendship State of Mind. I'm your host. We are in week whatever of quarantine, but it doesn't matter because we're trying to save lives. And I'm here with Coach Jones again. What's up, Coach Jones? How are we? What's up? What's up? And Coach Jones and I are not in the same vicinity. We are practicing our good old social distancing. Um, luckily through Anchor, the app, we're able to, um, still record this while on the phone with one another. So thanks for being here today. Yeah, no problem. And taking time out of your such, right? Your busy schedule. You had to pencil me in. Since we're all just, (laughs) since we're all just so busy right now. Right. So, um, what's the best thing you've done in quarantine currently? Uh, I uh, changed out a wax seal on a toilet. You did what? Oh yeah, I'm I'm handy <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wax seals, and so I had to change out a wax seal on a toilet. So, oh, all right. But you have to well, take the entire toilet out, and then oh put God. the seal. It, it's for a little bitty old piece. It's a lot of work. So you have to turn. That the sounds water like off a lot of work. And, and that's yeah. not that's not what I expected you to tell me either. I expected you to be like, oh. I, uh, well, I guess, I guess I expected sports, but no sports are going There's on There's nothing either. going on. Yeah. And I'm right. not watching reruns. No, no, I don't know how they're really staying afloat, but the point Juan brought up the other night, um, he's teaching a class right now, so he couldn't join us, uh, but okay. yeah. Um, he says to tell you and everybody hi, but, cool. uh, he, yeah, he, uh, was like, well, they're not paying people to, you know, really be on air as much right now. And they're not having to pay to travel. And I was like, I guess they're not going to go under. That's true. I would be very sad if ESPN went under. But they're also linked with Disney. So oh, they're not going to go under. No. So what is what is the thing you're looking forward to most coming out of quarantine? Oh, just interacting mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. With students and, and mm-hmm. doing stuff. I mean, I, I've been to maybe three or four different places since all of this started, you know. Oh, wow. So you, you've done a really good job then. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, keeping yourself at home or like in, in not super public places, I guess. No. Well, the only, I mean, the only place has just been the grocery store and I'm not going to let my wife go by her. See that, see, these are the values you instilled in me because Juan it will not let me go by myself or he'll go get it. He won't let me go by myself. Yeah. He will not let me do it. Right, so right. He's like, he's like, I know you're completely capable. That's not the point. 
the point is either we're going to get sick together or I'm going to get sick. That's that's what it is. I was like, oh, okay, thanks. Love you too. Yeah. Well, do so, you know of yeah. anybody that may have already gotten it? So I had a friend, um, and I don't want to like say their name or anything, right. but I had I had a friend that I've known since high school, and we didn't go to high school together. We went to a camp together, um, and they live in the Houston area, but I don't see them regularly. I actually haven't seen them in a couple of years, but her dad got it. Oh, wow. And he was on ventilator, whole nine yards. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I got really worried. And I, I, I still keep up with her because we were getting married around the same time. Yeah. And we, um, both of our families are similar. It's like our parents are remarried and we have step-siblings. So, like, we've kept in touch. And she ended up coming to A&M um, after transferring from tech. And so she had questions. So, like, we, we've kept in touch for different reasons. And... I like reached out to her. I was like, do you need me to bring you food? Do you need coffee? Do you need, you know, like I'll come with a mask and gloves and whatever, but like, what do you need right now? Because I can't even imagine. Um, And then one of my colleagues from music school lost their aunt or great aunt. Yeah. From it. But I don't, I don't see them regularly either. I just know people that have lost people, but I have not come into contact with them. Yeah. That's, that's us too. I mean, we've had, you know that uh, yeah. god or a grandmother that you know got it not mine but i'm just saying like an in-law of a of grandparent you right know? so there's people that we know and i hope mm-hmm. that's all that it is you know i don't want it to get any closer to your family my family anybody else's family my parents have been i think the most supreme on lockdown shout out to my mom today's her birthday oh happy um, birthday it's the first time awesome in a long time that I, cause usually I'm able to come home, um, because her birthday either falls on Easter weekend or just typically seems to fall on some sort of weekend to where I can come home or I come home to celebrate at the weekend after or before. And this is the first time in a very long time I have not been able to do that. Um, so that's very strange for me, but, um, her and my stepdad have really not gone anywhere for at least, two weeks because they've had Allison luckily go pick up groceries or things like that because Allison's volunteered. Um, So shout out to Allison for being an HEB curbside warrior and going to get groceries. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) So she'll order groceries like days in advance and then Allison will go get them. So that way, like they're not around it at all. Yeah, that's good. um, That's good. So obviously this has been kind of a hard time, but let's, let's recap real quick what has led up to San Jacinto because that was obviously not the most fun time for Texas Um, because we just came off of the Alamo episode and so let's I I want you to recap this real quick so we just lost the Alamo right Um, and that was back in um, oh my gosh I'm losing my mind March 6th 1836 okay I don't know like that's we got to get out of quarantine if I'm forgetting that date. Um, and so that happened back in March, right? Correct. March 6th. Yep. March 6th. You just said it. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. March You're in quarantine. And, and <laughs> my dog is sitting next to me and just up here with me. Um, and he's now 90 pounds and we're having to lose weight. He just looked back at me. I think he's offended. Okay. We'll stop talking about you. <laughs> I, I apologize. So a lot of people have just lost their lives. 
Um, they send Susanna Dickinson back and William B. Travis's slave. I can't remember his name Joe. currently. Joe. They send Joe back. Love Joe. Um, and they're spreading the news that of what happened back in, is it Gonzales? Well, yeah, that's where they go, is where they relay them okay. what happened at the Alamo. Mm-hmm. And, and then what happens next? They have to, I remember that they have to basically go through these towns and get people out and burn everything. Right, but, you know, don't forget. Here, hold on, you cut out a little bit. Can you repeat yeah, that? Yeah, we, um, uh, we, you know, three weeks after that, we, we uh, lose mm-hmm. uh, Fannin and his men at the Goliad Massacre, and this is, you know, the beginning That's of right. the runaway scrape. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. you know, people are, are trying to go east out of Texas, mm-hmm. and Sam Houston had, had uh, basically started to assemble his army there in Gonzales, and he's, mm-hmm. he's part of the runaway scrape, and so right. they're you know trying to zigzag across texas you know towards the east and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know they're uh they're helping civilians out of the way as well mm-hmm. and they're they're doing whatever marching and drilling that they can uh and right. it's it's pretty uh attention filled just like kind of like it is now not knowing what's going to happen so Okay, so they didn't really have an end in sight at no, this point. No, no. I mean, well, a lot of people okay. probably thought it was, you know, they were going to go back to the United States and, you know, Texas was going to be oh, wow. lost, you know, to the Mexican government and the Mexican military. Okay. See, I thought that at this point they were like, all right, let's plot the next thing. But that's very scary to not know what the next step is. So, yeah, that is kind of like right now, except we're not having to burn full towns. No. I mean, New York City may need to be. In a nice way with everyone out and safe, but burnt and rebuilt to get all the germs <laughs> yeah. out. Um, because we have some friends living up there. Oh right yeah, now, I, I do too. Scared. I do too. I've got some yeah some friends that are there. Heard from one of them, mm-hmm. and, and uh, she's expecting, and uh, she's she's oh you know she's in baby mode. So oh gosh, I can't even imagine having a baby at this time. I can't imagine having a baby then with like running away and but like. How, I'm not even going to ask that question, but just try to have a baby on the road of runaway. Like, I I can't even imagine that. Yeah. So you like stop, have the baby keep trekking. Like, how does that happen? How does that work? Like, I'm glad we'll never know. But oh, my gosh, that sounds awful. So that's where we last let up. Um, So when we come back, we're going to talk to y'all about where did we find this end? Where did we find this light? And probably one of the shortest battles if not the shortest i've ever heard of besides maybe the boston massacre so um stick with us we'll be right back hey guys we just wanted to give a quick shout out to all of our frontline workers that are out there fighting this every day for us whether that's medically whether that's shipping whether that's grocery whatever you do we want to thank you here from friendship state of mind for doing your part and risking what you have to risk every day to keep everything functioning afloat and doing your best to meet everyone's needs if you're a nurse or one of the frontline workers please don't be afraid to text me call me or allison and we will be happy to buy you a cup of coffee send you notes of encouragement whatever you need because we are in this together so everyone encourage your frontline workers if you know them we're so thankful for you all and we'll see you back at the podcast
All right, guys, we are back here with Coach Jones. Um, don't worry, neither of us went anywhere because of parking. <laughs> so um, Norbert is also still here, just laying as a ninety-pound baby. He actually has to go on a diet right now. We took him to the vet recently, <laughs> and they were like, "They're like, he's not obese." And I was like, well, he's not fat. Like, I'm offended. He's my child. I don't want anyone calling him fat. And they're like, but he does need to lose about seven pounds. And so we have to cut back on treats and food. And I'm really sad for him because we didn't give him that many to begin with. And we gave him just proper food amount. So, yeah. But he's my 90-pound baby literally laying across. Like, if he's if if I'm sitting here, he's like my seatbelt. He's laying across <laughs> me. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, all right. So this last part, San Jacinto, the Battle of San Jacinto. Um, when did we, you think, finally get a plot that we were going to have this battle? Well, supposedly going towards uh, East Texas, you know, right around Har- what was old Harrisburg, you know, which is you know, mm-hmm. what was, you know, kind of the the precursor to what Houston actually had become. Uh, you know, they're marching that way and mm-hmm. they get to a, a place. And I want to say it's in Montgomery County somewhere where they get to oh, okay. like a what, what they call the which way tree. And if they go okay. to the left of the tree, they're supposedly going towards the United States. But if they take a right, then they're going south towards supposedly where Santa Ana and his army is, is camped. So when they get to the tree... Uh, the story goes that uh, Sam Houston rode up to the front of the ranks and pointed his finger, and it was going towards mm-hmm. Santa Ana. So I don't know how oh. many days before the battle that actually mm-hmm. was, but even at that, okay. you know, that wasn't going to guarantee, uh, you know, uh, uh, an assault. It wasn't like going to guarantee safety. that they were going to fight because yeah. obviously they were in retreat the entire time, and and you know, Santa Ana's right. thinking. Well, the Texans haven't attacked yet. We don't think they will, they're going to. So we're just mm-hmm. going to kind of follow them. And, and maybe they are going to leave, leave Texas to the United States. Uh, little did they know mm-hmm. that uh, uh, there was a, a council of war that was kind of drawn up early in, on the morning. Well, actually, I'll take it back. There was a small little skirmish the day before on the 20th. And that's kind of where oh. Mirabeau Lamar kind of became famous for for his mm-hmm. stuff. So he jumped up, you know, from basically being a private and then he mm-hmm. led one of the cavalry units the next day. But, um, he, uh, oh. he kind of made his name on the 20th. And then, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's, uh, uh and, and the, the funny thing about it is, you know, he and Sam Houston didn't get along. Uh, you would think both of them being kind of in the military and kind of having the same goals as far as militarily. Right. You know, they just, for some reason, just didn't like each other. And that were they both just like strong personalities? Maybe so. Um, you know, they Possibly. both become presidents of Texas. Okay. So um, maybe that was it. Maybe they just had different uh, uh, ways to, to govern, different, had different opinions on things. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the very next day on the 21st, April 21st, uh, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's go time. You know, they have a, a small council right. in the morning. And uh, Sam Houston really kind of he doesn't really give the entire battle plan, but he kind of gives them an idea about what's going to happen. And then right about, um, I guess, uh, the one that I've heard the most is kind of mid afternoon, like three, three thirty mm-hmm. in the afternoon. They they walk out. Of, yeah. Uh, onto the plains of what's later going to be San Jacinto. The, you know, they didn't even have a name back mm-hmm. then. 
the, the oh so it was just oh yeah an area it was just then. an area and uh okay. you know they walk out and uh, like you were saying earlier it'd be in the battles uh, definitive battles mm-hmm. supposedly 18 minutes later it was over 18, 18 minutes. minutes. I want everyone to understand. If you watch The Office, that is shorter than an episode of The Office. Probably going to be shorter that than is this shorter podcast. Than an... Oh, it's definitely shorter <laughs> than this podcast. Like, we're almost at the, okay, two, one. Okay, it's just now 18 <laughs> minutes, right? At the this battle's second. over. So... Right, so the battle's over at this point. The amount that we've been on here, pre-recording and recording, it's it's done. So, I I will lead up to this, but um, it it was short because it was kind of this sneak attack, and that was that was one of I didn't expect the war to end like this when you first told us about it in seventh grade. Right, um, I expected it to be kind of like. Yorktown I guess when we had the American Revolution and it was like all right we knew where we were going we knew that like we had just had a turning point in the war and we were gonna go for it like we were gonna stop them with like we had all these plans intact and then you tell us no we actually caught them off guard and it took 18 minutes and we won I was like that's it well Really? Well, that's what it took. Let me explain that the the organized resistance is considered 18 minutes. Now, the Mm -hmm. killing lasted the rest of the day. Oh, okay. So it was a pretty much. Okay. 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 And you can find maps online. You can see uh, kind of the battle tactics of Sam Houston and and, uh, how the Mexican army was set up. And it's pretty interesting Mm -hmm. the way that uh, it was really. Uh, the Texans were outnumbered. It was about 900, I want to say, to about 1,500 on the Mexican side. Um, the Mexicans actually wow. had gotten reinforcements earlier that day, I believe. I think it may have been um, his brother-in-law, General Cos, who marched in with a bunch of them. Oh. They, they were tired. And so this is why, you know, afternoon, mm-hmm. they took their afternoon nap uh, or, or their siesta. Right. This is what you can see. Their and, siesta. Uh, yeah, it, you know, so, it was the the time for Sam Houston and the Texans to to organize and and march out onto the plains. And it, it's funny the way that mm-hmm. you know my kids, whenever they and and you know back whenever anybody studies this, it's it was kind of a old mm-hmm. you know getting a line and march across a field kind of battle tactic. And then once all the first kind of few shots happened. Then it was, you know, attack, and that's what happened, and 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 so the the Texans really were okay. kind of, you know, uh, possessed. I guess you could say. I mean, they were the Mexican army <laughs> was telling them, you know, it's a, uh, you know, after interviews with the Mexican army, they were saying the, uh, uh, it was the devil Texans. You know, they were they were possessed. The devil. Yeah, los Texans. diablos tejanos. There's my Spanish for the day. <laughs> I let Juan will appreciate that so much. The devil. I never knew about yeah. the devil oh, yeah. Texans thing that we like. Is it because so they think that about us because we were just so, I guess, hungry for vengeance? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and they also use okay. that same phrase for uh, the Rangers later on, the Texas Rangers. Oh, that's yeah. rude. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. The so history rude. of the Texas Rangers is. Uh, is pretty colorful too. 
you know, they they well, they they were okay, so well, they were good in in uh, many sense, but uh, uh, there were sometimes that uh, uh, their uh, their prowess got the best of them in some cases. But uh, yeah, the Texans were uh, mm-hmm. at San Jacinto were pretty loaded as far as with their own anger because you know they had lost brothers and. And, well, they had, they had lost so much outside of even just the battles oh, themselves. Yeah. I mean, they had to put their lives on hold, move everywhere to not be found until they could prep. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, it was more than just, oh, in this battle. At this point, it's like, you took our life, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's uh, so, ways to equate what we're doing now. We're, we're, our life has changed mm-hmm. a little bit just because of, I mean, even – with uh what the president says you know we're kind of at war a little bit and this is you know what what the texans were mm-hmm. going through we're at war with uh an, an enemy and yeah, so right you know the texans did what they they had to do like they had all this built what up they... anger and and uh, you know there are some mm-hmm. documents that talk about uh well the texans reacted i mean there were there were some cases where the Mexican army would would set, would stop, you know, in the middle of the battle and say, you know, me no Alamo, me no Goliad, and the Texans didn't care. There was one famous phrase oh. that uh, uh, Sam Houston tried to get a lot of them to stop, and one of them said, uh, even if Jesus Christ himself were to come down and ask me to stop shooting yellow bellies, I wouldn't do it, sir. <laughs> Whoa, okay. They had a oh, lot yeah. of feelings. I mean, granted, I get it. I get it. I really do. But that's okay. That's that's a little far. We're we're mixing God into that. No, he didn't. No, 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 no. So at at this battle, they basically, and you can explain this better than I can. They basically, they see that they're taking their nap, or did they know that they were going to take their nap around this time? Did they already have that inside information, or did they see it and they just yeah, jumped on the opportunity? Yeah, they knew that. I mean, you know, they had been part of the. Uh, Hispanic culture of you know of eighteen thirty six Texas and and previous years you know they were part of right. Mexico obviously so they knew a little bit of the culture so they I don't know if they knew that uh, well and, and like I said before Santa Ana never thought the Texans would attack so it was like okay well they're not going to attack maybe we can rest some of our guys and uh, you know right then maybe we'll be in a better physical condition to to attack ourselves. To actually, oh. right. So they take this nap, and <laughs> Norbert just looked up at me like <laughs> they took a nap because he's sleeping. Um, so they take this nap, and we sneak up there. Um, and do we just start going into tents, just shooting, or how close do oh, we well, get? We, yeah, by the time all the the shooting is over as far as, you know, cause these are muskets and they're, you know, one or two shots as you're running towards them. And then it's hand to hand combat. It's, you mm-hmm. know, using bayonets and the backs of oh, rifles and, okay. and smashing and, and striking and swinging and right. hitting and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty brutal. Maybe this is why baseball is so good. And do Texas. I say that again? This, this may be why baseball <laughs> is so yeah, good. Yeah, maybe. I'm just saying, yeah, genetics runs down. So, okay. So they come in, they're, they're napping, they sneak attack in, they fight. And because they're off guard, do you think that's why it took 18 minutes is because they were so off guard? Yeah, I think so. I think it it definitely surprised them. And because a lot of them were caught off guard, um, their, 
their rifles may or may not been loaded. They're, you know, they're, uh, you know, they had, I want to say they had a cannon or two there. Uh, I know there's a famous name for one of them and I can't mm-hmm. remember the name of it right off hand. Somebody listening will probably know it, but, um, uh, you know, the, like I said, the resistance didn't last very long. And then it was basically run for the Mexican army and they ran across mm-hmm. the, the open field. There was a, a number of, uh, surrender spots. So they did take some prisoners. I think the number is, um, 630 okay. killed and 730, uh, captured. And eventually they, they do oh, parole wow. and they let them go. But, um, there were, there were many, many bodies all along the field for years, like, like two or three years. Oh. There was a, the, the lady who actually owned the field was begging Sam Houston to bury the bodies of the Mexican dead. And, and the Texans weren't going to do that mm-hmm. because her cows were eating the flesh and the bones and the milk, the milk was turning. No, sour. I'm sorry. Those, I forgot to tell you that in seventh grade, but cows, that's not really one of those. Well, that's probably <laughs> good. You didn't tell me in seventh grade. I probably would have cried. And now I've built a little bit thicker skin for animals, but not by much um for animals specifically but that those poor cows they didn't even know oh my and the yeah. milk was oh, turning yeah. sour well, even Ew. one of the, the cooler uh, stories is uh and i'm sure you've heard of the audubon society you know james audubon you know, the naturalist he came through yeah. the plains of san jacinto and actually collected a number of the mexican skulls and yeah, and because uh, he wanted to, they wanted to do studies on them, and they actually still have them in uh, uh, up somewhere in like um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, somewhere. Um, there's a yeah, there's a what? Uh, there's a college I think that studies bones and skulls, and uh, I saw a really good expose on it, uh, in, I believe in 2010 at the Saint Jacinto Symposium, and. Uh, it was really good. They, mm-hmm. they, uh, they took, I think there's like five or six different skulls of Mexican soldiers and how, you know, they, they were oh able to gosh. do, you know, any and everything that they can study with bones and they, you know, they could tell ages, they could tell diets, they could tell how they were killed. Uh, you know, it was really, mm-hmm. really good. It's actually, you can find it online. You can find that symposium speech online and I can't remember the name of the gentleman, but yeah. uh, it was really interesting. Uh, it was really cool it was really good but um yeah the uh the bodies were were still wild and you know Mm -hmm. this is uh and every once in a while you know so can you repeat that one more time every once in a while somebody will what even within the last i'd say 10 15 years they've been able to find like over 200 different you know, bayonets and musket balls and, and, uh, coins and, and, uh, parts of uniforms in certain areas that are not really affiliated with the park itself, but in different areas like South Mm -hmm. of it. And, uh, it's, it's really neat that, uh, they can actually find that stuff. So it's, uh, I know. Yeah. Oh yeah. With it being now. Cause you would think that's either like, you know, under the ground or blown away or I don't know. Just other people have picked it up, maybe, but the fact oh, yeah. that they're still finding it now, hundreds of years yeah. later, oh, yeah. hundreds of years later. So, so post that, you talked about how like there were the bodies; they didn't bury them for a long time. There were also what was what was the peace treaty agreement like? How did we come to an agreement that this was over? Well, I mean, after San Jacinto, the, the treaty is called the Treaty of Velasco. It was really kind of Santa Ana signing this, you know, obviously as a prisoner, and so it. it mm-hmm. 
there was some some back and forth between it you know there was a there was a part of it that was a public treaty that was printed in the newspapers and that had to do with things like prisoner exchange and reparations and those kind of things and uh, the other part which was kind of the secret treaty was um, you know how to uh, how to deal with the border of texas and and a lot of it really didn't get resolved right until, and how to move forward with, with the mexican-american war of uh 1846 you know because there was always that dispute between mm-hmm. where was the border between texas and mexico was it the nueces river which is right around corpus christi or was it the rio Grande river that the texans wanted so um the the treaty of velasco was right. really and we got our wish guys was, more important just on paper than it really was as far as an actual document, uh, at least in my opinion. Now, there's probably some mm-hmm. things that actually did happen because of it, but uh, it really didn't get resolved until, you know, obviously Texas had become part of the United States. And then we had. Right. Because at yeah, that oh, point, yeah. they have more backup to be like, hey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So happen. the Treaty of Alaska was, uh, you know, pretty much just on paper and, and uh, it didn't really have the force behind it that um, a lot of people think now, it, you know, it, like I said, it did have some, some, some good points to it and some things did get resolved because of it, but in the overall, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the, the end of, of issues with Mexico. Mm-hmm. Because we just, again, like you said, with the United States and then even post that, we probably had some little ordeals with them, but I mean, now Texas and um, the, well, yeah, Texas and Mexico, we obviously have some good, what's the word? Oh, relationship, I don't say a respectful but relationship. Like alignment, relationship. Right. Because like, you know, Juan's family, they yeah. came from Chihuahua, Mexico. Um, I'm not pronouncing that like I should, but I pronounce it. Right. Just chihuahua like the dog. Um, and so, which Norbert just walked back in. Hey, bud. Um, so, they, you know, they came from there, and that was post-everything. So, I mean, people were still coming in. People still come in from Mexico. I mean, man, when I went to visit El Paso the first time, it, we were 20 minutes from Mexico, and I had never been that close. And people just, from what he told me, people will come over, like, if there's something big going on in the United States, like a celebration, so, like, mm-hmm. 4th of July for example. Um, and they want to take the family out and do fun things. Um, they'll, you know, they have their passports and whatnot and they cross the border. They come do the fun things that are in America and they cross back over. And so like, we still have a good relationship with them. Obviously, as many of you know, there's been a great deal with um, immigration and whatnot with um, the Texas borders at the national level that they've been concerned about. But overall, we still have, like, we don't hate Mexico or anything. And we don't have this vengeance because now everything's been kind of smooth. Yeah. Oh, out. yeah. Trade agreements, so, those kind of um, things. You know, there's, there's always, I mean, there's always right. going to be that relationship with Mexico. Oh, completely. Completely. Like, we've come too far to go oh, right. that yeah. far back, if that makes sense. Yeah. So let me ask you this What is your favorite part? of the revolution oh, wow um i'm not yeah it's <laughs> I know, kind of hard to kind of pinpoint it question. down to to one point i mean i think just the overall it, of that there were men and in some cases women uh 
what you know mm-hmm. turns out to really kind of be a dream at the beginning. You know, Texas was willing to be a part of Mexico when we first joined, and there re- wasn't really any talk of leaving Mexico until you know the Mexican government changed with Santa Ana, and you know then things right. got different. I think the 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 person who really kind of was the turning point for me was Stephen F. Austin. Go ahead, go ahead and say it. <laughs> yes, ask them forever. That makes oh, because, me so you know, happy. He, he obviously had to change uh, just because of the way he was treated beforehand in you know the early mm-hmm. 1830s when he gets arrested down in Mexico, and because his attitude obviously changed, he had you know he had been basically the loyal servant of Mexico. He had brought in the families. He hadn't caused any trouble. He mm-hmm. he had asked the. His own settlers, you know, don't don't be an issue. I mean, he he had interview processes, people that were coming in. And when all that switched over because of the Mexican government, Stephen F. Austin changed his attitude. And so I think Mm -hmm. as far as uh, picking a certain point, that would be what Stephen F. Austin did. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, the sacrifice of of the men and the women to do, you know, to make Texas the way Mm -hmm. it is. That was my dog that just sneezed. So sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. I that didn't even sense. hear him. I. D- By the way, guys, uh, Coach has a uh, dog that is deaf named Duke. It's known here. Is that the, his name? In my man cave is where I'm at right now with all my oh. Texas history stuff. So in my but, man uh, anyway, cave. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the sacrifices that uh, the men and the women did. You know, just, you know, the women were were. Mm-hmm. You know, they were leaving the, they were, you know, men were away at the, you know, during the revolution. And, you know, some of them obviously right. became widows and, and became landowners and were mm-hmm. part of the runaway scrape. And a lot of what we knew or know about the runaway scrape, that part of history came from writings from women. Delue Rose is one. And, and there's a couple of other ones, obviously that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. I forgot. Yeah, about she's a, uh, she's uh, uh a pretty interesting person on a lot of her writing uh, about what happened, you know, how they crossed mm-hmm. over rivers and how bad the weather was and all the sickness and diseases that were Can out you there. Imagine, and, like, uh, you know, she wrote this really as a, I think a young girl, like, you know, I think she was in her teenage years, I think. But um, yeah, there's plenty of, of uh, mm-hmm. firsthand accounts out there. Uh, to Well, and like oh, yeah. carrying babies across rivers and holding their hands, and imagine telling them, hey, we're just going to go, like, how to keep your oh, yeah. cool together during that time. I can't even imagine, like, like you said, the, the men, obviously, they sacrificed themselves because women couldn't fight at that point. But women sacrificed themselves in a different way. So I'm glad that you point that out, because when we do think of war naturally, we do think of back in that time, men sacrificing themselves. And that's right. very honorable, yeah, no oh, yeah. doubt, no doubt whatsoever. But I, I think we do sometimes fail to mention what the women had oh, to yeah. do as well. And I'm glad that you say that because, like, again, Susanna Dickinson, her and her however month old baby traveled, you know, a little bit to. But even so, traveling with a baby that young to come back and yeah, be like, oh, hey, yeah. everyone's dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> um, so one thing that I did want to say is, you know, a lot of people that are from outside the state because we do have listeners from outside the state. I will say I looked uh-huh. at our um, analytics the other day. 
89% of you are Texans. So, hey, that, you, you're grade. like in this for the long haul. I appreciate you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a almost very an A. Grade. If we can get up to 90%, it's <laughs> technically an A, right? <laughs> so, um, one of the things for our out-of-staters and out-of-country um, people, our international listeners, um, one thing that they may know about is the phrase like, remember the Alamo, remember Goliad, remember Gonzalez, all those things. All of those were said. The reason those are so famous is because that's what these men shouted oh, at yeah. the Battle of San Jacinto. And because they were remembering what they were fighting for. And I think, like, psychologically, if I had to look at it, they're also yelling that probably at the Mexican army a little bit to be like, remember oh, what yeah. you did? Here's why we're here. Yeah, there were some that actually survived the yeah. Goliad massacre and made it back to fight with oh, really? Sam Houston at San Jacinto. Um, you know, there were, you know, whenever they were going through some of the, the, the bodies of the Mexican soldiers, they were finding things from men that were at the Alamo. You know, they were finding... Um, uh, you know, maybe a pocket mm-hmm. watch or something else, you know, they were, there was evidence out there that some of those guys, um, you know, had been to different places in Texas and they were, they were kind of mm-hmm. hacked off. They were, they were, they were pretty mad. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't really blame them when they watched all their buddies oh, and yeah. pals and possibly family members die in front of them. And then they're like, Oh, you know, it's whatever. No, they're 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 coming after you next. Like it's natural of, law of warfare. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, that's what that's what the yeah. Mexican goal was <laughs> so, to to get the. Um, I think he called them pirates to get the pirates. So the pirates. Yeah. So we're the <laughs> devils. They're the pirates. Good. Okay. Well, I'm glad that we call each other that out of all things. I mean, there are worse things we could have called each other that they probably did that we don't have on record. And that may be a good thing. Um, But what I want to finish this with, because you're going to know this, obviously, you know, I don't know better than I do. There are some that know a heck of a lot more than I do. I tell you that. Oh, oh. Okay. Okay. Well, if we look at your credentials and then everything you taught me and like my class, yeah, you know a lot more than I do. So, um, how can we honor the people that fought through the Texas revolution? How do we honor them Just go and visit and study and keep their names alive. Go and visit the Alamo. Go and visit the, uh, uh, battle of San Jacinto. Go visit the San Jacinto monument. Go visit uh, Washington on the Brazos. Uh, go go to Gonzalez and and uh, mm-hmm. kind of look around. Go to see where you know the Come and Take It Cannon is. You know at their museum. Just go to all these places and and you know there's a lot of names of schools and a lot of names of streets and counties all throughout Texas. Just uh, you know a lot of people hear names and they don't go into researching about what these names actually are and what they mean. Uh, even if it's not with somebody within the Texas Revolution, right. it was somebody important. And so I think is as long as we, you know, as right. a as a historian is is part of what we do. We're almost, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of those people who really kind of promote Texas. You know, we, we really want to to keep their names right. alive and honor those that uh, uh, sacrificing and getting back to the word honor and getting back to the word sacrifice. You know, it's uh, if you just keep thinking about them and thinking mm-hmm. about how life has changed from, you know, us standing on the show, shoulder of giants, you know, that's really what we've done. We, we, we've taken what they've, they've given us and we've yeah. advanced it, 
you know, that's, that's the way that I think we can honor them is just remember what they did for us and, and, uh, honor it that way. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a great, that's like <laughs> standing ovation. If I could give you one like explanation that like pumps me up to go travel to all of right, them. Right. Right. Well, right actually, now. But not, when we get actually out of today, this, I think they're open. We just canceled, so. we can- this is, I think, phase, the beginning of phase one. I think you, know, you have to still keep your social distance, but I think you can actually go and visit some of these places. Mm-hmm. But you know, you have to you have to look look at the uh, look at the guidelines, look at the, what those things are. I think um, Governor Abbott actually talked about that last week. So, I mean, I could be wrong, but you know, just. No, but. You know, we had right. to cancel our trip to Disney World, so maybe this is the one-year yeah. anniversary trip we take. Because um, we probably, we're definitely not going to leave the country. That that was for sure. That was, I mean, Disney World's obviously, it is out of the country, but the one right. we were going to was obviously not out of the country. But the chances of us leaving that far are very slim now. So maybe we'll just go on a road trip. I don't know. And maybe yeah. it can be the if Texas you've never Revolution been, definitely go. Trip. You know, at least, at least some marriage. of the smaller places that, yeah. you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Gonzalez, uh, you know, if you haven't been to San Jacinto, you know, go there. And I, I'm sure, I mean, you're closer right now to Washington on the Brazos than I am, but it's still, but it's still kind of cool to go back and kind of touch so base with, with grade, those and just kind of walk the same grounds that, you know, all these other famous people, these famous Texas history, you know, history folk, you know, I, I always think about, you know, when, uh, Sam Houston walked the grounds at, uh, at, uh, Washington on the Brazos and, and, uh, Stephen F. Austin, you know, walked certain places and mm-hmm. even driving down, you know, OSR here, just North of Bryan, you know, that was the main road. And, and, uh, so that's yeah. always kind of cool to, to kind of really? think about, okay, imagine a wagon or wagons and people going back and forth and going up and down the road. So, you know, just, honor mm-hmm. those people just by you know studying about them and, and visiting those places and thinking about them Mm-hmm. because they took us when we were in third grade they yeah. took us yeah. to washington on the brazos as a field trip and i remember that very very clearly because they showed us the toys that oh, the yeah. kids would probably play with outside like yeah um and it's yeah. like this hula hoop with the stick um, and I remember a lot of my friends were like, this is dumb. And I was able to pick it up quickly of how it worked. And then everyone was like, I would have tried it. I was like, no, y'all thought it was dumb. I'm going to play with it. Like, sucks to be you. I was very just like, no, you made fun of this. I'm going to play with it now. Um, and they also showed us the first outside. Like, yeah, the dog run house. That yeah. gave air kind of thing. Yes. Yes. I remember that. I couldn't remember the word. But that was the first time I saw that. And I was like, they had no air conditioning. Right. But, you know, I'm like eight at that point. I don't realize that air conditioning wasn't a thing. And so anytime that I'm in any sort of dog run hallway in a thing um, and people are hot, yeah. I'm like, here, come stand <laughs> in the middle of this. We'll get air. <laughs> and they're like, how do you know that? I'm like, third grade trip to Washington on the Brazos. They taught us that. Um, so we did that. And then fourth grade, I don't know if you know this, but we had to yeah. have oh, like yeah. a uh, wax museum kind of thing. Um, and I was, oh, awesome. you know, I'm, I'm sort of related to her. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, uncle married a daily on really? who was part of the daily on family. You are. Yeah. Her like great, great grandfather was Martine. Yeah, Daly- that's. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's wild. That's Out awesome. That's cool. I didn't, I, I didn't know that, that's that wild. you had done that. Yeah. That's cool. Uh huh. So. 
for those of you who don't know what this is, what this is is basically in fourth grade, we have to take Texas history for the first time um, or just state history in general. And what, what they, what we do as a project is we pick someone from just Texas history, whether they're in the revolution or not, we pick someone from there. And I wanted to be like, I wanted to be Sam Houston because that's who our name was of our elementary school. And they were like, well, a girl can't be that. And I was like, well, I'll wear a wig. They still wouldn't let me do it. And they were like, you know, there's plenty of famous women. And I was like, who would that be? And so that's the first time I ever really researched something. Um, that and my shark project for um, what's it called? Uh-huh. The Habitats. Uh, that was the only time I really like researched things in elementary, like thoroughly. And um, <laughs> that's a different thing. That was about sharks. But I had to research Patricia Daly on and you have to come up with the speech, basically. And what happens is they place you in all different areas of the school and they have different grade levels come through and press a button that's in front of you. It's a piece of paper that's laminated. But to us, it's a button. And once they press the button, you have to say your speech and quote unquote come to life. When when you're not giving your speech, yeah. you're frozen in whatever you're doing. And so it's it's like this educational thing that the kids younger than us can look forward to and then the fifth graders can be like oh yeah we had to do that last year the problem you went into is when the little kids come over just to press your button and walk away <laughs> that was always very agitating so yeah so well coach thank you for coming on um stick with me after we say bye um and i'll tell you how all this goes because uh, again guys we're using the anchor app thank thankfully for anchor they came out with this feature once covid struck but um, thank you for coming on again today. Thank you for walking us through this Texas Problem. revolution and everything that happened because guys without him, like I wouldn't be able to give near the podcast that I've been able to give with the Texas history portions. Um, and Dalton had a great episode. That oh was my good. Gosh. Um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He had a phenomenal episode. And uh, so thank you to all of, the people that listen to fish camp meets Jack camp because we got a lot of hits on that. We got a new country. I think it's an Aggie. I'm pretty sure it's an Aggie that lives over oh, in Ireland, cool. but that's we got good. our sixth country to hop on with us. So <laughs> I messaged Dalton. I was like, look what you did. He was like, this is great for your show. Like, good job for your show. I was like, no dude, it's because <laughs> you came on. That's what it is. So, yeah. So, all right, coach. Well, stay safe out there. Hang tight with me. Um, But thank you for coming. Bye. And we will see you all next week. Bye.